sound. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Naira Bets. The Saratoga meet underway off to a fantastic start. So much cool stuff coming up. Want to let you know that if you're looking to find out where you can watch the Fox coverage of the Saratoga meet, we created a little pretty link for you. It takes you right to the page in the moneypodcast.com slash TV. Also want to remind folks about the weekly online contest with a $300 buy-in every Saturday. Go to the Naira.com website for details about that one, that number, or that number, that website to learn more, Naira.com. Hello and welcome to Live at the Brentwood. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, here for season four of this show. When we sat down at this bar four years ago for the first one of these, I don't know that I think it would be something that we'd be doing four years later. At this point, this show alone, probably one of the longer-running uh, horse racing podcasts out there. And uh, yeah, oh, by the way, we were doing them for uh, five years before that as well. Uh, I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatel, far from the Brooklyn Bunker, right here ensconced in the new Farrier Bar at the Brentwood. It's awesome, as is this place in general. We've got Marcus behind the stick. He's making cocktails. We're rocking the, the Bloody Marys. My man here has a beer. We'll introduce him in a minute. We've got uh, Albany Vodka in the Bloody, which is delicious. Very happy to be working again with our friends from Albany Distilling, with whom we made our uh, premium rye that is not for sale but there are still like about i don't know four bottles left if you make a donation to our friends at the thoroughbred retirement foundation trfinc.org slash players if you're interested in that and you can get some albany distilling whiskey behind the bar here at the brentwood as well uh, as well as a really interesting array of wines and, and and beers and cocktails so come check it out if you're in saratoga come join us we'll be here every sunday 11 a.m a um, little late start, you know, technology and whatnot, but uh, we, we fought through that and we're here and very excited to be joined by a man who's been on the show before, his own podcast, which is approaching kind of an important um, milestone. We did the first ever recording, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, one of the rooms right here at the Brantwood. That show is Redboard Rewind and he is Spencer Luganbuehl. Spencer, how are things? It's great, man. Saratoga, great to be back. Great to be back at the Brantwood. I kind of stole my thunder there saying the first episode was here. <laughs> This place has a, is special in my heart, where it all got started. Listen, we got Bloody Marys, we got beer, we're ready to talk some horses. Let's get it going. I like it. Well, let's start with a little practical 
matter of business. You have the scratches for us. You're, I do have the you're scratches. You're channeling your, your own personal Andy Serling, getting the early scratches. Where, where do we need to go first? What is so we're, we're going to start in race number one with the six being a scratch. We are clean in races two and three. In race number four, it's number four. Race number five, we got the one and the one A. In race number six, there are no scratches. Race number seven, 11, 12, and 13. Race number eight, the number five, six, nine, and 10. And race number nine, no scratches. And the kickoff in the finale, the six, 14, 15, and 16 in race number 10. I'll give you a little um, old school uh, advice on when you're reading the scratches at the old Harvey Pack way of saying when there was no scratches in a race, he'd just say clean. Race mm. nine, clean. So there you go. You pop, incorporate that in if we do the scratch stuff again. Hopefully, Spencer's going to be here a bunch more throughout the meet. We've got a rotating cast of characters as usual. Next week, I'm going to be down at Monmouth, actually, uh, for the Haskell. And I don't think I'm going to be able to get back in time. So we're going to leave the show in Spencer's more than capable hands for next week. But hopefully, he'll be uh, coming through beyond that. So let's talk a little Redboard Rewind to kick things off. What episode number are you up to now? 155 for this week. <laughs> That's pretty darn good. It's crazy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And for folks that don't know or are new to the network or uh, are catching us streaming on the In The Money YouTube channel, explain how Redboard Rewind is different than most um, of the, the horse racing podcasts out there, than any of the horse racing podcasts out there, really. So years ago, I was currently working, or not currently, was working as a uh, person at Saratoga, and I would come up listening to the podcast every day. And it was the same podcast over and over. It was the stakes races. It was pick fours and pick fives with no real introduction or help on maiden races, claiming races. And I said, you know, enough of that. Let's make a podcast where we can help a newbie player out who, you know, maybe is really good at stake races, but has no idea what to do in a maiden claiming race. And it was my object with that to just make players like all races and have an outlet where, you know, for 30 minutes to an hour every single week, we have evergreen content where we talk about all different races. Now, you know, most maiden races for me, it's one or two key angles and that's it. But at least I can hone those in and help people who are, you know, listening to the show since episode one or coming in next week, starting with 155. And I think the key thing for me about what you do, you know, we pitch all these clients about different things on the In The Money media network. And when your show comes up, invariably, I describe it as a player development show. It's something that maybe is for that person found that, uh, you know, Naira Betts promo code to get some uh, to get some money, some free money. Toga uh, 200 is the one this week. Somebody who finds that and is interested but doesn't really know where to go next or, or maybe finds racing through our friends at ABR or whatever. And look, I mean, I think that person can get something out of listening to the In The Money Players podcast, but I love the idea that there's a place for them to really learn and, and ask questions, whether that's on, on Twitter or, or reaching out to us through the contact page at InTheMoneyPodcast.com and really improve their, their on-ramp as a player. Because one of the things about this game that's so tough is the, the learning curve. It's, it's just immense. So, I mean, I imagine you hear some interesting queries from people in that uh, regard. I think for me with the learning curve and racing, there isn't maybe not one that's harder for me. It was years and years of reading every type of book possible to make sure that I could understand and help with, you know, learning every aspect from every single author possible. I brought books up with me today. I'll be reading them throughout the day. Cause for me, if, if I'm passing a race or whatnot, instead of, you know, maybe getting food or whatnot, I want to keep learning, keep getting better at the game. 
So, all right, new 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 segment here. We're gonna we're gonna have a, a little bit of a of a unintended and complete copy violation a mashup with an, with another podcast, the Desert Island Discs okay. uh, pod, which I listened to on the way up, and it's so fantastic. What a wonderful job they do with that over at BBC Four. But you have we're gonna ship you off to the Desert Island. You have three handicapping books, Spencer, oh, that God. you can bring with you. <laughs> you can see what I just did to the man. You, oh. It's actually better that I didn't prep you because we're going to get the real unvarnished answers here. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, look, we're not going to hold you to these as your final answers. We'll maybe do another show later. We'll let you revise them. But, uh, you know, hit us with some of your favorites. And people out there watching on StreamYard in the comments, I see a lot of familiar names in the comments. Hit us up with your favorite handicapping books too. Maybe we can give some of those a shout out as well. But yeah, uh, in any order, give me three. All right. So for me, any, any James Quinn book for right now, I got the, I'm reading the Recreational Handicapper. I'm reading the Skeptical Handicapper by Barry Meadow, and then the book that for me was like my holy grail would be Kinky Handicapping. Kinky Handicapping, my man, uh, Mr. Kramer, who yeah. does Mark Kramer, who does such a great job. We are due to get him back on the airwaves. He told us he was so good on our Breeders Cup show, and he promised that he would be our French correspondent this year. And I haven't bothered him for that yet. And have you had him on yet? I have not. Oh my God. All right. I we got to, this, I'm so glad this happened because we're going to make those two things happen. What is it about kinky handicapping that made it your, uh, that made it your, that puts it at the top of your pyramid? Well, f first of all, the fact that it was out of print and whenever I tried to buy it, it was $300 and I found it for 26 <laughs> on Amazon. That's the first part. Second part is it's just, Every single aspect of every chapter in that book is just something that if you practice it for a month or a couple of weeks, you will indubitably get better at that aspect of your game. And if you just hold on to some of that knowledge, you become a better handicapper without a doubt. The concepts are so sharp and they don't, they don't, I reread it fairly recently. Yeah. There's some things that just don't, the game has changed so much. They don't hold up. You used to be able to do amazing things with like a pretty rudimentary knowledge of, sires of horses on the yes. turf for example he had examples in there of things that just paid wildly well that the market now would know so much you know you've got nuts like us digging back into the second generation of female pedigrees to come up with our with our turf angles um in addition to all the classic stuff but by and large there's a lot of stuff in there about just looking at the world a little bit differently and also, kinky handicapping, I'll, I'll tee you up for the story, and I think I can tell it if you don't remember it, but you've probably had John Pinder on your airwaves more than me at this point, and he has a pretty good story about that book. Do you remember what, the one I'm talking about? I don't remember the story. All, all I remember from him is just he's Mr. Daily Double to me. That's all I can remember from Mr. John Pinder. <laughs> I love it. He was at some point reading that book, and I guess one of his kids oh. found kinky handicapping i, I was like ah, ha, ha, dad now i know what you're doing at the track all the time they got, <laughs> they got the wrong idea from the title or maybe the right idea from giving kramer's uh you know uh, cheekiness but anyway it, it's that is a great one i'm glad you mentioned it we did get one in in, in the comments and uh alan studer says that he's going to uh tell mike maloney that we didn't mention his book betting with an edge unless we, unless we get it out there so we'll, we'll give a shout out to that one that i had a great pleasure of working on a few years ago we're going to get to some specifics of handicapping a bit but we're going to um shoot the breeze for for a little bit longer let's look back another redboard rewind question and, and this is another one you thought i you probably thought you'd got been hit with the toughest question you were going to get no nope, i got a worse one for you okay favorite episode of redboard rewind so far oh god <laughs> <laughs> now i'm just asking him to pick his children i, I mean for, for me i'll just give 
a guest of mine that was always good, and that was Frank Scatoni. Sure. Frank, for me, just learning Southern California, that's obviously where I started out on uh, Scott Shapiro's website. Yep. He opened my eyes to just so many more new nuances out there in Southern California. I got to try and get him on. I know he's been so busy, but Frank, for sure, was definitely in the beginning part. Whenever I need a Southern California guest, he was always there and always helpful. He's terrific. I mean, he takes a, a, a very structured approach to his work, and I think it's very beneficial. And I think he will be on the DMTC.com website this, uh, this summer for folks who want to read his analysis. And I think from a player development standpoint, when he does a write-up on every horse in a race, like you're going to learn. I don't care how experienced of a player you are. I'm pretty sure you're going to learn something going through when he does that uh, yeah. that horse-by-horse type analysis. And it's my dream to have him doing more with us, and maybe someday that dream will come too. Though I will say we do have Dean Kepler doing a terrific job on California. Have you had mm -hmm. Dean on yet? I have not, but that will be, be a good one. one for Del Mar. And he's going to be doing some special um, analysis akin to what Nick Tamaro has been doing for us for Saratoga, in addition to doing daily write-ups, picks, as it were, he's going to be doing a daily look at larger trends and sort of what you need to know. I imagine like what we did with Nick this weekend, we'll, we'll put that out for free for a minute, and then you'll probably have to be a, a In The Money Plus person to get it, inthemoneypodcast.com slash plus to learn about that. But Dean and Nick's analysis of every racing day they're available. And folks who tuned into this thinking, oh, are they going to do the whole Saratoga card? It's not, this is not that type of show. We are going to talk about some races, but if you want picks, we got loads of opportunities for it. The easiest thing, and if you want it written in the moneypodcast.com, go to Nick's Daily Analysis. And then, of course, the podcast themselves, so the late week show, Matt Bernier and I. Um, oh, actually, that was for Saturday. Never mind. If you want Sunday from us, you pretty much have to read Nick's stuff. But throughout the week, there's going to be tons of opportunities, and even more so if you happen to be a plus person how's your meat been going so far it's been good haven't been able to look at too much and uh my friends kind of screwed me out of a nice two to one shot on uh what was it friday <laughs> brad, brad cox i expect this horse to go off at three to five i'm like guys if he's any higher let me know at work no call look at the results here 640 thank you very much thanks a lot slack pack really appreciate it <laughs> you got you know it's it's the company you keep at the racetrack is really important. no i know you have a good crew and i'm sure everybody just gets busy but yeah. Yeah, you got to uh, – that, that's a rough one. And, and that's something I know you're very good at, understanding too often when people use the term value, yeah. what they mean to say is simply a big price. Yes. And you, I think the way you came up in the game, understanding you know value line handicapping, et cetera, understand this idea that the bet of the year could be a two-to-one shot or even an eight-to-five shot if that yeah. horse was supposed to be – three to five or, or one to five or whatever. Was this, was that the case with this Cox run? Yeah. Everyone talks about, you know, Oh, if you bet chalk, 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 you're chalk eating weasel, et cetera. Everyone uses <laughs> we value. Have the as, to, to, to... <laughs> everyone uses value as a 10 to one shot. No, it's a long shot. That's a different word. Value is, you know, I think this horse should be even money. He's going off at five to two and I'm going to, you know, unload the Brinks truck on this horse to make sure that if, you know, I lose the rest of the wages for the day, the one horse should still pay for my day. I thought I had one of those the other day and I got my teeth kicked in. With the never, uh, never the horse morning. was called uh, Chocolate Gelato. Yes. in the race on on opening day yes. because there was some fixed odds around on that horse from some friends in faraway places whose names you can probably guess if you're a regular listener to the show. And there was some eleven to ten around about mm -hmm. this horse that I knew was going to go off at odds on, but uh, end up being no match for the uh, for the Wesley the Wesley Ward runner Chocolate Gelato. Circled yeah. it on that day. Didn't didn't had that one as well and just. What was the winner called? The the was the Wesley Warhorse. 
I thought it was uh, maybe the one runner. Yeah, half a chance. John Velasquez. That, that, that horse is so hard to have. Slow, slow fractions. Ran second last time out. But again, this is another angle we'll talk about in Redboard Rewind all the time. Lone runner with with experience against a bunch of firsters. It's th- that that can prove huge and definitely some good info around about that horse too. It sounded like after the fact from uh, from CJ Johnson mm-hmm. who uh, has been yes. on these airwaves many times. He'd be a good guy to have on for some Texas racing if you sure. had him mm-hmm. as well. Um, okay, we're gonna take. The quickest break to thank a very important new sponsor of the show. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some racing, specifically what races, so people can you know flip to the right page in their, their PDF or whatever. We're going, um, uh, what do you want to talk about? Let's go five, six, seven in the uh, in the stake race today. Super happy to have a new sponsor for these live at the Brentwood shows, Jellyfish Water. Whether you're a jockey, an owner, a trainer, or a better, there's an always there's always an opportunity to refresh and reset with every loss, and certainly a reason to rejoice with every win, whatever the day brings. At the track or in life, reach for a bottle of jellyfish water to do just that and find your inspiration at jellyfishwater.com. Those reads will get better, I promise. <laughs> a little cold, a little cold, come come in a little cold. But in all seriousness, people talk about the Saratoga meat. And they say, you know, oh, 40 days, it's so long. But the famous old expression, it's not the 40 days, it's the 40 nights. (laughs) And by drinking a product like jellyfish water, whether you're recovering on a Sunday morning at the Brentwood or you are just having it in every other round throughout whatever your drinking portion of the day is, you're going to make life a lot more bearable. Um, I love the stuff, and I'm very excited to be working with the team over there, jellyfishwater.com. Okay, back to the regularly scheduled programming. You said we wanted to start off talking about race number five. Is this? Are these just three races that you're interested in, or are these three races that you particularly like because of betting them in a sequence, or how? Tell us why you pick these races. So for me, everyone wants to talk pick six. They want to talk late pick five, early pick five. This is kind of the weird races where – you know, it starts at pick six, it ends the pick five. So it's a very key race if you're playing uh, horizontals throughout the day. And race six and race seven, it's just a nice little pick three sequence. So when I can add those three together, it helps the better with the bigger bankroll, help on the, on the beginning of the pick six and the end, end of the pick five. Yep. And it helps the person with a cheaper bankroll play a pick three right now. What do you think is going to win this race? you think there's a chance to get something at a bit of a price? Are you interested in the favorites? Where, where are we heading? So for me in this race, I like three of them. Sheriff Bianco, three to one. Irad for Linda. The fact that this one claimed now by Linda off Wesley, I, I just feel when you look at the level of an of an N1X allowance, coming out of 30,000 claimer, this horse doesn't have much class, they would say. But the 77 last time outfits really good at this class level based on a buyer's par, so – I don't want to let this one beat me. Maybe Irad, even though it is Irad on there, keeps the odds at somewhat decent levels at three to one. Neuro for me was a really big horse for me last year when he ended up winning his maiden at three to one. That kind of kicked off my meat. He's had these, he's been racing at this level the last couple of times, but those figures are just fine right where he's at. This one's at six to one for Javier, which for me, I think on the turf is a really underrated rider that everyone just kind of forgets about after a while. He has uh, been off to an awfully good start yes. here. The yeah. joke I made on the show the other day, uh, rumors of his demise greatly exaggerated. Bat, <laughs> yeah. um, what, he went three on, on opening day? Yes. So, I mean, that, I certainly get it from that point of view. I worry with Sheriff Bianco. Now, I know the horse was two to one. It's not like he was four to five. Mm-hmm. But it strikes me as one of those, even though it's at a shorter price, still kind of a last time was the time horse. I, just, I liked him so much there and felt like he couldn't lose. 
and it always makes me a little bit nervous. But I mean, I'm seeing the angles you're coming up with here, coming back in just the eight days for the new barn, maybe some of that sharpness still in the horse. If he runs that representative race, I can see how he's going to be in the mix. So are those the two for you, seven and eight in there? Did you have anything? Well, one more, the 10th Denary for with uh, Manny Franco aboard for Michelle Nevin, who I think has just had an absolute excellent year. Broke the maiden couple back with a 74. He's been racing these starters. Why is now the time that they want to bump the cone up in class? I think that the fact that they ran three times there and got pretty much around the same type of buyer, 78, 76, 82, I think they think this one is in razor-sharp form, third off the layoff as well. We always love that angle. We like this one from the outside. Five and a half. I don't think the post is going to matter all that much, but I definitely like those three to start off this in race number five. I, I see the case on Athenry for sure at the price. I've got a goofy one I'm to ready. throw in for you that I'm hopefully ready. you won't um, laugh at me for. The Ford Disco Dino. I yep. thought it was a little bit interesting at what's sure to be a double-figure price. I love the pedigree for turf, and the couple of turf runs have just not been that bad. I love how much this horse improved his figure the first time he stepped on grass. Yeah. And then the second run, pretty meh, but at least the horse showed a little bit of speed. And then looking at the, the last couple of races, the last race figure-wise may be a little slow, but I think, again, potentially better on the turf. You already talked about the third time off the layoff angle with Athenry. That applies to this horse, too. Uh, maybe an opportunity here to give uh, JK's famous Finger Lakes route when they're coming when they're coming down the stretch. I, I think that's a thing, too. Finger Lakes Parks the last couple of years have been so good shipping in. I remember four or five years ago where it was pretty much you saw Finger Lakes or Parks and you just crossed it right out immediately. Listen, the 74 on a sloppy track, everyone's going to say, like, oh, don't go off the figure. I'm not going to go off the figure, but the fact that the horse won, horse is informed. For people who think, oh, because it's a different surface, the horse isn't informed, that, that doesn't co correlate properly. Yeah. If, a horse, if a horse wins or runs seconds and thirds, the horse is informed. Now they're trying to figure out how to keep the horse in form. They want to go back to the turf. I see nothing wrong with this pick. Yeah, all right, good. We'll see We'll see if we can get that one in the mix there for press. We talked about JK. I don't know. Did you see this? Uh, did you see what happened with him on Twitter yesterday? How much bigger can we get JK's ego? <laughs> Dave Portnoy, listen. Make sure that if he's going to give you one shirt, he gives you all the shirts. <laughs> we, got, we got to stick it to JK somehow. My guy I saw that and I just went, oh no. So if, they, if you didn't see Dave Portnoy, what did he say? It was the greatest shirt. It was of the all greatest time shirt he's ever seen. That was the, the numbers one, which I think is still available over there. It's the original shirt. Yeah, that's right. That was the first one. I'm sporting rocking the uh, the the last year Saratoga shirt with the with the roofs. I think these might be gone, but I guess there's mm -hmm. a canoe one. Yes, there is a new year. canoe one. If you poke around on their website, I think you just put a slash JK on the oldsmokeclothing.com website, and you can get to see those if you want to. Uh, if, if you want to know, I, I can't wait to holler at the old smoke crew and see what, what that tweet did for them for, for, yeah. for sales. But anyway, too silly, but uh, you know, claps the JK in all seriousness. These shirts are super awesome and I'm glad he's doing well, even if his ego might get a little <laughs> bit of an unneeded boost. <laughs> Let's move to race number six, $14,000 claimers going seven furlongs on the dirt here. Spencer, what did you like about this race? Uh, and did you come up with too deep in this race. Number four, Road to Success, Jeffrey Englehart. Listen, we all know how good the Englehart's are on the dirt. I just, one new angle that I really picked up on in the last couple of years is seeing specific, maybe not top-end trainers, but the good claiming types continuously claim and unclaim a horse. So this horse has gotten claimed what? Last two races, he was claimed a bunch previous in the last year. It, horses that get claimed by good claiming trainers are in good form, or at least they're healthy. And they're sound. And they're yeah, sound. I mean, that's what that's I what always matters. say. It's a proxy for yes. a really positive vet report 
on a horse that is just doing well. If, if all these sharp people keep wanting to have the horse in the barn, especially when a trainer takes one back. Yes. Um, yeah. That reclaim angle. I, I agree. That's very, very interesting for, for uh, road success. It's funny though. He, he, what makes me nervous about getting too stuck into is the fact that there are a couple of other runners in here in yes. Bernada and Bernada and majestic tiger who beat this horse. Now I think you can conjure reasons why this distance might be better for road to success and or road to success is going to be um in a better position here so i i did have among my top picks as well who was the other one you liked bernada i, I just think that the reason i want to go too deep here is a I, when i see blue fractions and horses up close in the pace that scares me because everyone sees the elevated buyers or whatever the two or three point increase i try to decrease these horses so Maybe these races aren't as good as they look on the paper for Brunante, but listen, three for three at Saratoga and the money, two for two in the exact at the distance. This one really does nothing wrong. Dylan Davis, who, listen, if, if you've been listening to Red Bull Rewind for, since episode one, I was not the uh, the biggest Dylan Davis fan. Wow, what are we – He's turned you around, he's I would imagine. I mean, 100%. he's very, very good. Just someone who I now in this spot, when I see nine to two, six to one, those, those value-level odds for me, he's a jockey I want my horse now. Yeah, that's, I mean, it makes sense. And I think there's a chance he could provide some good value getting a little bit, uh, getting a little bit lost um, potentially at this, uh, at this meet where there's so many other different ways to go. I made my top pick the six Oh trouble. And it, I mean, we'll see how they end up betting. This horse could become um, very, very heavy favorite, but I just, I love the trip this horse was going to get. And I like the, the turn back and distance as well. And then I probably will, depending on what bet I'm playing, what's going on, I might try to keep the nine victory built on side. I have my doubts if victory built wants to run this far, but I do think likely to be the best seed, the best speed. I don't think the rail was great last time. And I actually, in a contrarian way, love the switch from Irad Ortiz, who, as we know, catches so mm -hmm. much extra money up here, to Gomez, because the crowd is just likely to me to overreact to that and at the same time, we're getting the five pounds off on what should be, hopefully, a very straightforward ride. Go to the lead, try to stay at the lead yeah. with victory built. So I was going to mess around four, six, and nine for, for Spencer. What number is Brunate? The 10? 10. The 10 and uh, with the four yeah. being, your, being your top pick here in race number six. And, you know, it's only appropriate at a wine bar that we get to talk about Brunate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the – we'll talk about two more races. Let's do the yeah. seventh and the eighth, but we'll proceed directly to race number seven, this New York bread allowance for three and up Phillies going a mile and a 16th on the inner turf. Um, what do you think in here? I'm going to give two kind of going to, I'm not going to use, I'm going to use them equally really. Uh, New Guinea, number five, Christoph Clement, Dylan Davis. I just think overall, when you look at this horse going on the turf, the, all three starts have been fantastic. 66, 68, 74, and five by three lengths is not like being two lengths off or even a, a length off. This one has had slow paces, still improving the buyer. I think this one's going to take a big step forward here. Is one of the lower-priced horses on the board at five to two, but this is one that I definitely want to include. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum, Starship Belmont. Anthony Ferrero and Navarro in the irons. For me, this one, that's 69 at Tampa. I don't care what anyone says. The last two races were on the dirt. Skip over those two races. At 30 to 1, this horse is going to be somewhere in my ticket. That's interesting. I mean, at 30 to 1, if you're right about her, it's, you know, Julio get the stretch time. Yes. You'll, be, you'll be traveling back to Kingston in style. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it turns out with Starship Bel uh, Belmont in there. It's an interesting case on a, on a course that's going to be very, very big odds. 
I like New Guinea, very obvious, closing yes. into those blue mm -hmm. fractions in that last race. Whenever it's like wired by a stable mate, I give it give it a little extra credit. Maybe the horse, you know, was was ridden a little bit differently, knowing mm -hmm. that the, the barn had such a strong hand in the race. Who knows? I just thought it was maybe a little hard to trust at short prices, given the slow break all three mm -hmm. times. Now, obviously, Christophe Clement knows this, and they've been working on this, but there are just some horses who habitually yes. break slowly. I'm a little bit nervous at the prices. I would definitely use in exact uh, saver-type situations. I thought that the one I'm fine might be a good alternative that will, will no doubt be a bigger price, finish just behind this one, also closing into blue. I like the late punch that I'm fine has shown, and I like the switch to Saez as well. Do you give that one any count? For me, it's hard because proven level at the at the class level, but only having those few starts on the turf. I think that for me, with the two starts level at the turf, one third just missed fourth last time out. I just wonder. I think that the move, like you said, from Cancel to size is obviously an upgrade. Joe Sharp, solid trainer. I think that for me, this is going to be if he beats me, he beats me. And I'm okay with that because I have a 30 to one shot always backing up. It's not like I'm playing three chalks in this Yeah, I don't, I don't mind at all. Which pools do you figure to be in here? I will definitely be playing exactas, win bet, maybe even probably play a double as well. All right, good stuff. Let's talk about the featured race of the day. Such an important horse. We talk about Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation all the time. We mentioned with our In the Money Whiskey, they're the, the beneficiaries. You donate to the TRF and the great work they do with both humans and horses through the, the Second Chances program. Quick call, uh, a horse that is the most associated. He was such a great equine ambassador mm -hmm. for TRF throughout his throughout his long life. And I'm always excited when we get to run this race up here. And it's always a day as a TRF supporter that fills me with you know, pride for being part of the, uh, the very extended team. And quick call for those that don't know, the horse, the best way I think I've heard him described is the horse who was four-star Dave before there was a four-star Dave. Just absolutely yeah. loved it up here and really endeared himself to horse players with his hard trying and then, you know, had such a productive career after his racing days were done. Spencer, who's going to win his race? For me, I was, I was really big on big invasion, but I'm going to go away from that. I'm going to one timer, the number six, Javier Castellano, Larry Valley. The fact they had this one in the Breeders' Cup last year now runs a 91 over at Prescott. Now comes here. He was entered at Monmouth. I'm guessing the race didn't he's, go. He's out. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't he one of the scratches you read? I thought maybe I am incorrect. I'm sorry to do That's that to right. you, Spencer, no, but right. I figure it's better for the folks watching it. This was the race. I think we said we had the five, six, nine, it and ten. Five, out. Six, nine, ten. I so, just didn't mark it. So. so it changes the race it does change significantly. Because originally it was going to be – it was this interesting question between – I'm going to call the horse Nobles so I don't yeah. have to explain to yeah. my daughter who's listening the joke about the horse <laughs> with the other potential pronunciation being a gelding. But anyway, Nobles and one-timer, and it was like, well, which they're both speed horses. Which one's going to go for the lead? And then, yeah, I think they decided to choose yeah. – to logically split them. One-timer goes to Monmouth and Nobles – Potentially on speed in here now, which is which is also a little interesting. Though yeah. in these turf sprints, the pace does, well, sometimes have a way of heating up. We'll see how it all plays out on the track. So with those scratches in mind, how does that change your analysis of this a race? Asymmetric for me. Wesley Ward, Spencer coming in. I just Is that true, by the way? is it? I guess so. We would have seen if it was a jockey change, right? I, I would imagine that this is what... He was here. He was here yesterday yes. to ride the Philly in the yes. Diana, mm -hmm. and but you know Ward will sometimes name jockeys who he has no intention of riding. But we would see the change. So he Spencer must be must be sticking around, and that you know, 
as a fan of European racing that I am and, and, and a lot of people out there, that signals there's going to be a very different riding yes. style. Asymmetric, who went right to the lead last time, just couldn't last home against Big Invasion. Now Spencer, who is – there's no real USA analog. He, he's, he's a very cold rider. He's a hold-up rider, and uh, I think that tells us they are definitely not going to be part of that early pace uh, yeah. pressure. That's part of why I think Nobles will get that easy lead. I think for me with Asymmetric, just the fact that, listen, he may not be part of the early lead, but the fact this one got out when we usually see most Europeans not get out of the gate, this one maybe maybe not – super far back maybe we sit third fourth fifth somewhere in there i just don't like the fact with big invasion like listen the buyers are going up very very nicely rosario hasn't been exactly on fire this opening week and i'm kind of taking a shot that everyone's going to kind of dump rosario money on maybe we still get three to one seven to two on asymmetric but this is one of those races out of the, the four now that we've talked about is not probably in like my a plus plus of plays. Gotcha. I, I, I put your feet to the fire because any show that I'm on that has a quick call race, we're going to be talking about Absolutely. it. But yeah, I mean, uh, that's totally fair. I don't, I wonder if, if, if Nobles isn't a little bit interesting off that potential lone speed angle at this point. Mm -hmm. I certainly respect asymmetric power making grid picks. I probably, I'd probably make asymmetric the top one yeah. and now maybe put Nobles in second with uh, and, and I would use Big Invasion as well. I mean, the horse is just in too good form, but I do think you could be right about that horse being more like four to five after these scratches. And these five and a half turf sprints, they're, they're run in such a sharp fashion that uh, it might not be run to suit a Big Invasion and a Asymmetric today. It's a very, very different configuration than uh, the seven at Belmont. And that's a, a very subtle, not that subtle, it's a huge yeah, difference huge. that not yeah. everybody pays attention to. Now, it's of less concern with big invasion because he has that form over the sharper yes. uh, five and who knows, maybe he'll just sit right off nobles and be able to get the job done. But I don't know. I think at the prices, I'm going to go ahead and make nobles the official, the official pick for the show and uh, see if I can't mess around with him. Maybe trying to split the seven and the eight. In the spot. I, I will say this race for me, if you're going to play a pick six late or late pick five, this is the race that I think depends on how your ticket structure is. If you're going to be four or five deep in every race, then don't go two or three deep here with asymmetric and nobles. And you got to have to make a stand some at some place. It, for me, if you're going to play wide other races, you have to go big invasion here if that's your top pick. If you're going to be kind of, you know, two or three deep and you want to go a little bit deeper here, then yeah, you can play deeper. We're out of time, my friend. We're going to call this season premiere of Live at the Printwood season four uh, a go. Well, thank you so much. Lots of thank yous. We'll thank uh, Marcus. We'll thank our friends at uh, the TRF. Of course, our new sponsors, Jellyfish Water. Of course, Naira, Naira Bets as well. We mentioned that promo code TOGA200. Make sure, you know, most people listening to this probably already have Naira Bets accounts if they're eligible to get one. But when you bring friends to the track, tell them how they can get some free money. You know, there's no reason to just mm -hmm. go up and spend money at the window when you can get that account and get the get the free money uh, that goes along with it. Spencer will be here with you next week. You'll find me all over the place. Basically, follow me on Twitter, <laughs> at LoomsBoldly. Check out InTheMoneyPodcast.com wall-to-wall -wall coverage of this Saratoga meet. We're super excited about it and super excited to be partnering once again with the Brentwood. Very limited rooms available this summer, but you can always check. Sometimes there's a cancellation, et cetera. And if nothing else, you got to come in here and check out the Farrier Bar. It's awesome. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, thanks to producer Craig as well. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Coteney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos. Why not? <laughs>